I'm Marla. And I'm Erica. And you're listening to Royalty, a podcast where we discuss all the latest royal family drama, obsess over Meghan Markle, gossip about love and romance, and just generally live vicariously through their bougie lives. On today's episode, we weigh in on Harry and Meghan's new household and venture into new territory by talking about Versailles. Now, by this point, I'd say the listeners know that Erica and I aren't total royal experts. Not really even close. So we bring in a royal (laughs) expert as a guest. (laughs) On today's episode, not only is our guest a very talented musician and Shakespearean actor who you might have seen on TV shows such as Awkward and Degrassi, but we brought Evan Williams on as an expert on royals since he starred as the Chevalier de Lorraine on the hit show Versailles, a show that ran for three seasons and gave audiences an inside glimpse on the indulgent and scandalous lives of the court during Louis XIV's rule. Evan, thank you so much for coming. Yay, thank you. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. It's nice. Okay, I have one question, because we've already established that you're both Canadian. Yeah. Do you both speak French fluently? Probably Evan more so than me. Oh, okay. Actually, I only learned how to speak French when I was in France shooting the show. Oh, interesting. And I learned on the street, so I speak pigeon. I speak caveman French. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I don't intend to get any better. I think it, it suits my purposes just fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you shot the show in Paris for three yeah, years, for right? Three years. Wow, yeah, for three years. Yeah, the show was in, in English, which is funny because the French. They at first they didn't want the show to be in English. They were like, "Well, this is our history. Why is it going to be in English?" And uh, they had their arms folded, you know, culturally. All un- the French? Un- all the French, collectively. <laughs> collectively until folded their arms. Until the British tabloids came out saying that, like, Versailles was pornographic and, and like, tosh and, and terrible. And then the French did a quick about face and were like, no, this is our show. <laughs> <laughs> and they came That's around. That's very funny. They came around. That's hilarious. That's so funny. Cool. So uh, to kick things off, why don't we get into our princess and peasant moments? Yeah. Who wants to start? Well, I'll start. Erica. Uh-oh. We got our first fan mail. We did? Yes. So a fan of the podcast, Heidi from Toronto, oh. sent us a package of digestives, the They're, infamous yes. cookies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also some of Meghan Markle's favorite tea. From tea pigs, nice. licorice and mint. Tea pigs, it's what it's called. <laughs> what tea a, pigs. What a handle for a tea company. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> ooh la la. No, well, cool. Impressed. Thanks, Heidi. Yeah, thank you, Heidi. We're officially celebs. <laughs> that was that was our princess moment. Well, Can our, I tag that also as my princess moment? Yeah, happening sure. right now in this moment. Perfect. Great. <laughs> I witnessed it. It was crazy. <laughs> Evan, do you have a princess or peasant moment? Uh, I got one of each. Oh. Uh, is, is that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what okay. a thrilling life you lead. <laughs> yeah. well, Multiple uh, moments in one week. I'll start with my peasant <laughs> moment. Uh, we had a bunch of torrential rain in the last month yeah. here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Total mm-hmm. out of season. And um, my roof uh, began to leak because roofs here are not meant to withstand any weather at all because it's Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we got a new roof put on. I, I didn't have to pay for it, thank God. <laughs> but the peasant moment was for a couple of days, I could actually see the outdoors <gasps> by looking up <laughs> inside my living room. Uh, I could just like, I could literally just see up and the squirrels would come and they would like kick little rocks onto my head and stuff. It was, uh, it was, like, it was like camping 
in the comfort of your own home. You were living in your house without a roof? Kind of. Yeah, well, the roof was there, but it just, like, in the sections they had to, like, they had to pull all the stuff oh. out and dry it out. And, and so, yeah, it was actually, like, slats of wood with, like, sky in between just for a couple it's of minutes. Like cold at night. Uh, yeah, but we made it, so. Poor Did man's uh, yeah. sky, skylight. That is yeah, a, it's the poor man's skylight, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. no animals came in? No, no. It was as like far the, as you know. As far as I know, yeah, probably some like <laughs> big jungle spiders and stuff. But oh uh, my god. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was my peasant moment, and my princess moment was uh, <laughs> <laughs> my princess moment was uh, I got a was tagged on a picture on Instagram this week of a fan who had tattooed one of my lines on her skin, which is that's the first time that that's happened before. What was the line? Uh, it was a line that I say to my lover on the show. And I'm in reference to the uh, to the king of France, King Louis. I'm saying it, I'm saying it's to his brother. Uh -huh. I'm saying he may be the sun, my dear, but you are the star. Whoa! And she tattooed that on her arm forever. Dang! Wow. Yeah. So uh, and that 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 was cool. It was like it's a little weird, <laughs> but weird cool. Yeah, that's like an upgrade from a princess moment to like a queen moment. I would queen. say so. She's Louise. But for a second, I do have to say, I thought you were gonna say she tattooed your face oh. on her arm. <laughs> that's, that's when you know like, you really made it. Oh my god! There are a lot of fans who love to do fan art, so there are a lot of different iterations of people's idea of my face out there on the internet. And as far as I'm concerned, few of them look like me. But some? But yes, yeah, some of them. Some of them are are amazing. And I'm like, don't, you shouldn't be drawing me. You should be drawing clients for money. That's oh, yeah. 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 But you know, they don't take my advice. Does fan art like that make you feel flattered or terrified that someone has looked <laughs> at your face for so long? You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> not, I'm definitely not terrified. I feel like any sort of that any of that kind of celebrity stuff. Uh, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not famous, so it's not, it's not doesn't bother, doesn't change my life really at all. And I recognize that it's like people, kind of imprinting their own mythology and values and kind of hopes and dreams on the image that I present through the work. So it's, I know that it's got nothing really to do with that's me. That's a deep thought. I know, that's true. They're like way too deep for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! Last week we did 15 minutes on butterflies. <laughs> Well, you hear people say, they're like, oh, I love that actor. I love them. You're like, no, you don't love them. You don't know them. You don't have no idea who they are. Yeah. You love how they make you feel yourself. Interesting. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like in our dreams. All the characters in our dreams are us personified in different individuals. Hmm. And the same thing in the, the stories that we project ourselves out to on the screen. That's why we, you know, we follow the protagonist because mm. the protagonist for that moment is us. Yeah. 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 Fun fact about dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, because this blew my mind. But apparently you can't imagine faces you haven't seen. So everybody in your dreams, at some point, you've either walked by them or seen them. Uh, how can they prove that? I don't know. But isn't that a crazy theory that these people who are in your dreams, you you might have walked by them on the street and now they're making an appearance. Yikes. I'm trying to picture a face I haven't seen right now. It's can you do it? I, I don't know if I'm you doing You wouldn't know. Yeah. You might have walked by them in the lobby. Spooky. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's get into some news in our segment in the headlines, uh, which, as everyone knows by now, this is our segment to discuss everything that's happening with the Royals. Uh, so, Marla, hit us up. What's happening with these people? Let's All get right. royal. Get us, <laughs> get us in the zone. Well, the big news is that Marion, 
Meg, I can't speak. What is wrong with me today? Nothing. I just combined You're a human. Megan this is what and happens. Harry into Mary. Um, but Megan, that's, and- that's their couple name. That's what we should be calling like them. Silent age. Mary. 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 <laughs> so Maddie got their own household this week. Um, okay, what does that even mean? So basically, in the royal family, each household has their own set of people who work for them. So yeah. a communications director, got it. their offices are run out of the same place. And so Meghan and Harry decided to separate from Kate and William. Harry had been under Kate and William's office mm-hmm. for a while, which made sense when he wasn't married. Mm-hmm. But now that he's married and, I mean, one day William will be king, they just have different interests. I think it's great for both families to do their own, pursue their own interests, their own charities. I I understand there was some drama because people thought it was because Megan and Kate were fighting. (laughs) Um, But I think this was just going to happen because Charles doesn't share an office with Andrew. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I saw that they tried to go fully independent and the queen was like, hell's nah. Yeah. Right. I read that too. Which is interesting because why do you think she vetoed that? Well, the theory in the article was basically keep them in the royal family so that they can't make trouble. Oh, so they were trying to split from the royal family completely? Yeah. They just didn't want. Man, these fucking rebels. Yeah. They they, They were trying to get out of the royal family rumor is now this wasn't confirmed so allegedly uh that yeah they wanted out completely they were like hey we're just gonna do our own thing cool let's split ways would, would see at lose christmas their, lose their titles they would lose their titles and any money that they receive and they wanted to go just do their own thing so they would have to start paying their own yeah i mean harry still has money that he inherited from when yeah. princess diana died but yeah, they would just do their own thing. That's so wild. And Megan has money from being Yeah. I mean suits. not royal money. Not royal money, but But she has some money. Still in the millions. We think. Yeah, Who knows? I, yeah, I, I would doubt that it's in the millions, actually. Ooh. Really? Yeah, based on what I know about what actors get paid. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What do you think Megan Markle was worth before oh, she got married? I, 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 <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to guess. I don't want to be wrong. But you're a royal expert. No. Yeah, yeah, but that's a question about before she was a royal. Do you think that there was any chance that they wanted to do this so that she could go back to acting? Can't she? Or she can't act now. What? No. Why? It's a rule. I mean, she's just got to be. She can't. Her job is to, to be, be royal. royal. That's her full-time job. Yeah. So she, she like the queen would not she allow signed, it. Did she, she sign a contract or something? I mean, that's what her marriage vow is. Yeah. I promise I <laughs> won't act I anymore. <laughs> Ever. That's insane. That's insane. Or talk politics or. Yeah. That I understand. But acting? I mean, that, what? That doesn't make any sense. That's funny because I would say the reverse. Like yeah. I understand not being able to have another job because they're supposed to go and like do all these charity works. Mm-hmm. But to not be able to like. She gets in trouble every talk sh- time she talks about feminism. And as an actor, like, you have to have so much flexibility to, like, do different roles. And Like, she couldn't do a sex scene as... Right. And to travel. A princess. Why not? <laughs> I mean, that would... You need to take this up with the queen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the queen and I need to have a, a fight. A, a little a, chit-chat. A, a FaceTime. <laughs> Lizzie, Evan's coming for you. <laughs> um, Did you have a theory, though? I feel like you were about to say something about why... 
You well, think they wanted to do this? I think it's to get a little more political and to <gasps> and to kind of be able to say what they want to say. I mean, they both have strong opinions, yeah, which they can't express at the moment. Hmm. So I thought maybe breaking away from the royal family was an opportunity to sort of use their celebrity and be more political. And mm-hmm. you sent me the article. Yes. I knew this was going to bring you so much joy. Hiring Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. The second that I saw this, my first thought was, holy shit, is she going to run for president? Markle 2020. Maybe she wanted to run for president. But and apparently this was her bid, but that is not the Lizzie case. Lizzie shut it down. <laughs> But they did hire um, the former senior advisor on Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. uh, And she also worked in the White House for Bill Clinton in the late 1990s. And now she'll just be working for their household, which feels like a downgrade. I wasn't going to say a downgrade. I was just going to say a leap. It's a lateral leap. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. It's a it's a lateral leap. You're right. Yeah. But I mean, what? Yeah. But maybe they hired her thinking that they were going to be able to go. Uh, But the crazy thing to me is, like, how in their right minds did they think that the queen would ever allow that? I I feel like if the point of the royals existing now is for them to bring in revenue and tourism, them going off on their own and doing their own thing is not going to bode well, especially given that they're both such kind of, like, not hot-headed, but they they be to you know the rhythm of their own yeah yeah they drum up a lot of business Mm -hmm. what do you think evan well (laughs) can i ask you you just like an uneducated question please that's what this podcast is all about (laughs) so when they say like the queen would never allow it and like she gets in trouble every time she speaks politically like Mm -hmm. what can the queen threaten her with other than excommunication like like is the queen gonna like does the queen have a task force and we'll have them killed no is she going to imprison? Like, what? Like, wh- what is the queen? Like, if they're like, and she's like, no. Wh- why aren't they like, okay, well, uh, we're doing it anyway. Like, what, beyond being like a big, like, you know, scandal of words, what's the actual outcome? Like, what kind of power does the queen really hold? I think it's not just the queen. It's an entire household of people. Okay, so a household of people. Wow. <laughs> like, what's the, what, what's the big deal? Do you have any That's good a good answers? question. I just think. I mean, have you ever tried to disobey a ninety-three-year-old woman? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think I've proven my point. <laughs> so, just fear of fear of disappointing grandma. I mean, is, is what they're they don't want to do. Probably for Harry. Probably for Harry, but also. I mean, there's just so many unspoken rules, you know, like. And she did sign up. I mean, that's sort of part of marrying Harry. Yeah. Because he lost the two kind of long-term girlfriends he had before that because they didn't want to be a royal. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So I think when you're getting involved with a prince, you kind of know what you're signing up for. I mean. My question is, what, like, what is the, what's the back? Marla and I have alluded to this before. I don't think we can ever for sure say, like, this is the thing. But, like. The British royal family has a history of shenanigans. Like subterfuge and like... Just like, 
I don't think you want to cross the queen because you just don't know what she's capable of. You she's, know? She's probably been involved in some, some risky business. Some risky business. Uh, All right. Okay. Yeah. okay. Fair enough. So I mean, who knows? Well, I don't. So she, the print, the, the, we don't have any proof. The queen well, has shadow ops, is what we're saying. Okay, I get it. Actually, I mean, this might be a good segue to talk about Versailles. Okay. So for three years, you played not a royal member, but the apple of the eye of the <laughs> king's brother. That's how I was a royal were, eye apple. Yeah. You were <laughs> his your, lover. Your you title? were safe. <laughs> but. In the context of Versailles, did you have to listen to the king? Oh, very much so. The king was like, in, at that time, the king was the head of the judiciary system, as well as being the head of every other, like he was the original tyrant, and was making people disappear left and right, and not even trying to hide it, and not apologizing for it. Like, he would just, you cross the king, boom, you lose your head, that's mm-hmm. it. And it was also like a really, is a very Catholic time in history. And so homosexuality was punishable by death. Uh, They call it the, it wasn't homosexuality, that that term didn't exist. It was called the Italian vice. Right. And uh, so it was, it was just, you know, (laughs) sinful, the Italian, right? What's this? What's wrong with the Italians? Come on. They, uh, you know, they were, they were expressive individuals, I guess. And there you uh, go. I mean, I would think the same about the French, but yeah, but the thing is, don't pin it on the Italians, French. You have a rep for yourself. That's true. And so, so the, the Chevalier de Lorraine, who was the public lover of the Duke of Lo- Duke d'Orléans, who was the king's younger brother, uh, was uh, kind of it was public knowledge that they were lovers, and they would go to court, and the king's brother would show up wearing a dress, which was scandalous at the time, and uh, although it was kind of the king's mother's fault because uh, she w- raised the king's brother for the first seven years of his life in a dress to to break his spirit, so he would never challenge for the throne. Oh my which God. is insane. So that's why he grew up. That's a true story. True story. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, most crazy. most of the stories in Versailles on the show are inspired by by truth, which is crazy. The truth Holy is smokes. stranger than fiction. Wow. Uh, okay. So yeah. So basically, I had to toe the or the Chevalier had to toe the line, uh, ex- with extreme pre- precision because if he went too far, yeah, he would literally lose his head, and if he didn't, he would sort of cease to be special in the eyes of his lover mm. and the moment that that happened he would be out of out from under the protection of the king's brother in which case all this flaunting he had done would ca- catch up with him real quick too sweet as they say too sweet wow so why was it okay for them to be lovers publicly because everybody knew the king wasn't going to put his own brother to death so oh. it was like a, it was like a known secret Got it. it was, and it was just like, don't talk about it. Okay. Don't. And so they sort of had this little bubble of protection that they sort of reveled in and were able to really Interesting. Kind, of, kind of exert a lot of power over a lot of the different parts of court, like the aesthetic of court mm-hmm. and the, you know, the advent of dance and the advent of fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these guys had a big hand in those things, which, of course, history uh, gives the credit to the king because King Louis was the original... Uh, propagandist oh it's all revisionist history and just all designed to make him look good and it was all sort of to benefit him looking like he was chosen by god and uh and so that's actually why we made the show was to sort of try to tell the story of what might have been happening really behind those gilded doors wow so i have to ask because i've heard versailles referred to as a fancy jail 
<laughs> I like that. Is is there truth in that? Because totally. didn't the king force the richest people in the country to live in? How many people would live in Versailles? Uh, at any one time, I don't know. Actually, there was like the, the uh, hundreds, though, thousands, thousands, thousands. It was huge. Okay. Wow. This is huge, and uh, in, including all the staff and all you know everything. Um, yeah, it was basically like the, the palace kind of expanded to become a, a village. And, you know, Versailles is now, there's a town. There's a town of Versailles, and everybody who lived there was in some way connected to the, to the palace. But, uh, yeah, basically, the king, King Louis grew up, at, actually, at the very beginning of our show, there's some kind of flashbacks to it happening and some reference to it. But there was something called the Fronde, which was, uh, you know, capital F, Fronde. Which was, uh, <laughs> yeah, did you like that? Yeah, I that's what I learned you in like French. It, yeah. just the, that the doesn't sound like pigeon French. That sounds no. real. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a, <laughs> pigeon conjugation with true to form pronunciation. That's that's how I get by. The best French. Yeah, that's uh. the best French. So, uh, and the Fronde was uh, a, 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 an attempted coup on Louis the Thirteenth. Okay. Um, so that happened when when Louis the Fourteenth was just a child, and it was a bunch of the nobility, the sort of the right wing nobility who got together and tried to assassinate the king and seize power and it failed. Oh. And, and, uh, but ever since then, I think that's part of a huge reason why Louis the 14th was always protectionist and always really wanted to try to keep the nobility under control because he knew by, you know, it was traumatizing for him as a kid that they, they rose up and tried to, to take power. And so his way to do it was to move out to his, Father's hunting lodge, which was out in Versailles, which is in the middle of nowhere compared to Paris, where the king's palace always was, and the king was always based in Paris. And he had this harebrained scheme to move out to Versailles when he was 25 years old, when he just got power, and uh, and all the the nobility thought he was absolutely crazy. And the way that he did it was he just billed it as the biggest party ever, and said like, "You simply must come. You simply." Mu and, but it was sort of like. We'd love to host you. We'd yeah. love to host you. But then over time, it was sort of like, you simply must come. You're coming. You're like, we're expecting your presence. This is you're like a horror movie. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's like, we're expecting your presence for this big party. And mm -hmm. so when, once they got there, he was like, oh, and by the way, you're not going to wear rags. You need to wear the latest fashion if you're going to be at Versailles. And if they didn't have the fashion, he said, no problem. We'll, uh, we'll have our tailors here make you some stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just put it on your bill. And so Put it on your bill? Yeah, put it on their bill. Great, and so as you do. So over time, these these noble, nobles, they, like, they didn't, like, he made Versailles the center of culture. So mm -hmm. anyone who's anyone is going to want to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, like, they're going to want to be there. But then once they're there, they can't really leave. Yeah. Because they haven't paid their debts. And it's very expensive to live at Versailles. And people were, like, it's all gambling. And people were making and losing fortunes every day. And, uh so it's like really an ultimate private club. Yeah, it was sort of like Big Brother, kind of, except instead of cameras watching, it was the king and his staff were watching everything. They would in intercept all the mail, and uh, like it was like a surveillance state. But at the same time, everybody's just completely drugged up and, and drinking and partying and screwing each other and, and like uh, defecating in the stairwells. And it was like, it was weird. It was like, like on one hand, totally high opulence and glamour, the, 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 it was like Mount Olympus. There's mm -hmm. nowhere else like that in the world. And at the same time, it was also like a cesspool of like literally people <laughs> defecating in the stairwells and and just yeah shagging all over the place because like they're like trapped up like a coop. And also a whole lot of like political scheming because everybody's trying to get into the inner circle of the king because oh. because he's such an, an an autocrat. He's such a like 
centralized power figure that if you're closer to him, you're going to get benefits. And mm-hmm. the further away you are from the sun, the colder it is. And if you get excommunicated, that's li- literally it. That's the end of your life. Just boop, you're done. Excommunicated from from Versailles. Like if, from you get Versailles. Booted, if you get booted from Versailles, it's a it's like it's exile. You're disgraced. There go all your chances for any sort of life whatsoever. So your character, mm-hmm. where did you start? Like, what's his background? Was he royal well, adjacent or he, he's nobility? Like okay. The, the Lorraine, the house, the Lorraine um, line is from the House of Guise, which is a was a line of knights, and uh, actually had great success on the field of battle although the the version of the chevalier de lorraine that i play is a is a bit of a coward but that's fine (laughs) 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 little dramatic (laughs) license but um uh yeah he uh his father used to be the head of the stables for the king so like was around and sort of trusted by the royal family but not a royal like we like he worked for the king and in fact his father was disgraced because of some mishap with some horses and uh, and his Can you uh, imagine you just like screw up at your job and it's like you're excommunicated you're yeah. where do they go yeah oh, when they're disgraced yeah poof disappear from history who knows they go to Italian and pick up the Italian place I don't know they, uh, they, they <laughs> do, do they something. kill them though like I mean sh- yeah a lot of people died but it, it depends like if you're depend- like the king would make a very public display of execution if you were oh okay killed. so, so there's no silent killing well, it there, was all dramatic there was a ton of silent killing but if the king was mad at you, he wouldn't care to make it silent, you know? Like, but you have to keep okay. in mind, like, this is like, it's like, the, it's coming out of the dark ages, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is like, th- we're talking like the late 1660s, so there's like, y- the quality of life and the expect l- longevity expectations are nothing compared to the what they are today. So, like, people disappearing, you don't know, like, maybe they just like, they got scarlet fever and just right. poof, popped, you know, or, or they just like slipped off their horse, like, who knows? Like, people just, people were getting off left and right. So yeah, but the, to answer your question, they, oh, yeah. the Chevalier Lorraine um, met the Duke of Orleans when they were like 15 years old. Oh, okay. And oh. they were lifelong lovers and they like, until they until the uh, until they died in their 70s. That's and really they, sweet. They lived a long they time. Yeah, they that well yeah, they're they're some of the exceptions to the rules. So and it, like I don't know what it is about the genes of the Bourbon family around that time, but even Louis the 14th lived an absurdly long time. Yeah, cuz he ruled for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of, it's weird, the Versailles as a palace, sort of like once he kind of became very Catholic in his middle age, mm-hmm. like the party sort of went cold and then Versailles became a very kind of strange, desperate place. Hmm. Like, yeah. And then when would, I don't know if you know this, but when would like Marie Antoinette and all that so come that w- back? That was Louis the Sixteenth. Okay. Yeah. So Louis the Couple, fifth, couple Louis later. Couple, couple Louis, Louis later. later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Louis the Sixteenth and and the sort of the centralization of power that Louis the Fourteenth began really just metastasized. So Versailles was Louis. started by Louis the Thirteenth, you said? Uh, Louis the Fourteenth. Louis the Fourteenth. Louis the Thir- Louis the Thirteenth had Versailles as a hunting lodge. Okay. That was in the middle of the woods. Uh, it was okay. very small. And Louis the Fourteenth is the one who went and had it built. And he did crazy things like and speeds of engineering like he he built like uh, pioneered irrigation systems so they could have uh lakes they have a big lake in front of versailles and they had boats on the lake hmm. which is insane it's the middle of the forest they had yeah. boats on the lake and they had fountains which heretofore had been unimaginable like a fountain in the 1600s like what you mean like you're just going to shoot water into the sky <laughs> just you know, just continue doing that <laughs> 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> Make it so. Um, so you, uh, you may have mentioned this and I missed it, but, you know, I was reading a little bit about Louis the 16th this morning and I was thinking as you were talking about this, was Louis the 14th's vision for Versailles part of like, what, what was the intention of building it? Was it an economic move? Because you mentioned a lot of like weird policies in terms of like bringing people there, but then also making them pay. Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of what led to big problems for Louis the Sixteenth. Yeah, was that part of the vision of like building it into its own town? I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Like he, the, the, it was it served a few purposes. One was to keep control of the nobility. Mm -hmm. uh, one was to uh, magnify the glory of France, Interesting. which is like, and it, and it really did. I mean, there's a reason that people go to Versailles now. Yeah. There's a lot of palaces around the world that are not the tourist destinations that mm -hmm. Versailles was because it was the original, like the original brand. And he, you know, he like quote the sun King. That yeah. was all Louis. That was his idea. Mm -hmm. Like the whole sort of, you know, he took this idea of the divine right of Kings and sort of ran with it and made it a trademark. And, uh, it, the byproduct of him making France glorious was that he got to be glorious. And I have no doubt that he was a massive megalomaniac mm -hmm. and was always sort of, I mean, we, I mean, we kind of ex explore this in the show, uh, towing the line between not knowing whether or not he was truly ordained by God and just trying to convince everybody that he was and mm -hmm. maybe, you know, uh, assuage his own doubts about it by doubling down and making sure that everybody knew how magnificent and powerful he was. And I think that's right at the heart of why. I mean, it's a really interesting question. Why would somebody do something like that? Like, why did somebody build the Taj Mahal? Yeah. So similarly, it's like uh, these kind of big monuments that humanity has created over time. Like, why why put so much energy and money into it? Like, yeah. in the, the Hall of Mirrors, for example, mm -hmm. they have like one foot by one foot mirror sections. And now we can find a mirror everywhere. We have mirrors on our refrigerators that actually have touch capabilities that we can surf the internet on. Mm -hmm. But back then, one <laughs> foot by one foot mirror made, you know, Venetian glass was so expensive, it was equivalent to the price of a battleship. Yeah, I, I just have to give a small oh plug. I think there's a How It's Made episode. Oh, really? Or maybe it's a YouTube video. I've seen a video on how mirrors are made, mm. and it's insane. If you haven't seen it, Google it today because it will blow your mind. It's something that we take for granted every day, but yeah, yeah it's, sure. it was a crazy invention for them. And the number of the number of those sections of glass they have in the Hall of Mirrors number in the uh, I guess, like there's like a thousand of them. Oh my gosh! So it's like that's like an armada, a thousand battleships just to make his hallway shiny. <laughs> it's insane. What a dream! What a dream! <laughs> Unless you're a peasant. Yeah. <laughs> uh. One question that I do have, going back to um, the King's brother and your character's mm -hmm. relationship, how was that perceived by the rest of society? I, it was known, but like, was it something that was kind of accepted? Was it looked down upon? Was it, you know, gossip like Kate and Megan and all them? Or? You know, I, I'll, I don't know in, in reality how it was. I'm sure it was different in the, s in the inner circles. Mm -hmm. I think, I think uh, within the royal circles, I think the Chevalier had a pretty good pretty good reputation because he was a um he was an, a knight and he was he had you know acts of valor on the battlefield oh interesting um the king himself was not crazy about him because he knew that it was like anytime anybody ever mentioned it it made him by association look weak 
made him look like he he couldn't follow through because he's like he couldn't even keep his own brother in line so it was sort of embarrassing and but that was really more about the relationship between the brother and the king Uh, i think in general social circles i think the I i know this by my research that the chevalier was looked upon as a scoundrel he was uh, like the history books say that he was as cunning as a vulture and uh, entirely without scruples Yikes. and was like used his uh, um, he was a beautiful as an angel and he like abused his his beauty in order to sort of get in so they, they, there's all these theories like uh, that he was responsible for the death of uh, the king's lover who was also his brother's wife which oh. is which is a true true love triangle, and then we explore that in the show. That the uh, um, her name's Henriette of England, and she was uh, and so the king's brother's name is uh, Philippe. So she was Philippe's wife. Wow. While at the same time being the lover of the king, and she died of we do we don't really know, but s- sources say sources uh, <laughs> allegedly <laughs> alien, alien astronaut theorists predict <laughs> they they, uh, they believe that she was poisoned and a lot of the fingers pointed at the chevalier because he had the most to gain from it oh. and was, well, apparently they were they were bitter rivals and they they didn't get along and uh so yeah that i think it's just another reason to maybe not believe everything that you read yeah because obviously all of those history books yeah. good word yeah all those history good books word. were all basically what louis said was okay to print yeah hmm it sounds like fake news. such <laughs> a cutthroat world oh yeah do you think that what was happening then is happening now but in a more civilized way good question i think uh, i think if you look at history the the sort of peak of power in any civilization has mm-hmm. always been fraught with these si- kind of same political machinations. And I think it's um, like true just about human nature that, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think when you have the ability to gain and you have the choice to be human or inhuman, yeah, that those choices can be sort of Murky. twisted mm-hmm. when the scales get so big that, you know, it's like, okay, well, yeah, we'll make that person disappear and then all our problems are done. You know, so yeah, I think I think definitely, I think there's definitely definitely all sorts of shady stuff going on in, in in the biggest powerful governments of the world, and a lot of stuff we never hear about, and the stuff that we do hear about similarly is, uh, what has been magnated, ma- magnated? What is that word? <laughs> <laughs> what what's that word? I mean, magnified? No, it's been uh, like they said it was okay. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um. Anyways. Now it's on the tip of my tongue and it's going to drive me crazy. I have no idea what either of you are talking about. Mandated. Oh, mandated. Mandate? Yes, mandated. Yeah, like like vetted. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I mean, that's the reason why I like the fact that the internet exists because maybe we can can kind of see around some of the propaganda or at least now we can recognize what is propaganda better than we could before. We can, but also some people get sucked even further into the propaganda. Yeah, and the trade-off is that we nobody knows what is true because it's sort of like, no, it's not, it's not China, it's the aliens. And you and you don't know you don't know what you're talking. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows anything. And here we are talking about the royals. So s- there are some <laughs> theories, though, that Queen Elizabeth had Princess Diana murdered. I've heard yeah. that conspiracies. Mm-hmm. What's after living around all these crazy things during your show? Do you think that might be true? Well, I mean, it, it, I can't think of any other reason why Harry and Meghan Markle would even give pause 
about what the queen really thinks, if it's about really the, the sort of the course of their lives and how they can be the most productive members of society. I can't think of any other reason other than that the queen's got to have some sort of, you know, she's got to have some sort of secret power somewhere, or at least she's got good connect connections, you know, she's got good contacts. Yeah, I mean, that's my thing. It's like she's got... She's a sneaky little lady. Yeah, well she, she wears those highlighter little outfits, but yeah. you know what? Behind that smile is a she didn't get the power crafty for woman. Nothing, for sure. That's for sure. All right. The other thing I thought that maybe you could help us out with mm. is Erica and I have different <laughs> oh my God. thoughts mm-hmm. on how royalty live. Mm-hmm. So I think, like present royalty, they like have friends with private jets. They're going to parties. They're bringing in the best food and enjoying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the high life, designer clothes, in the fun in their times, mansions, in their castles. Fun times had by all. Mm-hmm. Now, Erica, I mean, I'm, I don't know what they do, <laughs> but it doesn't feel convincing to me that they're partying all the time because I feel like if they were partying all the time, we would hear about it. Whereas I think that they're protected enough. And if you're getting invited to those parties, you shut your mouth about those parties so you can keep going back. But I'm wondering. It's not how media sources work, but okay. <laughs> you really want me to get into the middle of this? Yeah. This? We do. We put all yeah. of our guests through this hell. Okay. Well, here's my theory. Let's hear it. Uh, I was reading an article uh, a long time ago that was saying that the super rich are not trying to be seen mm-hmm. they're putting all of their money into not being seen yeah that there's like there's a reason that they are like a lot of them and you know, have their private jets and and nothing they do is documented and that's actually the like the more invisible you can be mm-hmm. the more successful you are mm-hmm. right? so far this like, is leaning in my direction i think well there's a lot there's a, yeah there's a lot of uh <laughs> there's a lot of really uh super successful business people like there's you know there's for every elon musk of the world Mm -hmm. there are business people who you have never heard of and you will never hear of and you will never see their face and you like no one can come for them because they're ghosts and i think that the uh the royal family has been connected enough for long enough that they can do whatever they want so i'm i don't think that they're having crazy all-out parties ragers that ragers that they're like that they're like that they're inviting a whole bunch of people to yeah but i think they're doing whatever they want on whatever private private island they want and oh for sure you think they're going to private islands with sure for sure with like yeah with with the saudi oil sheiks hold on real quick let's think of like google earth and shit aren't there people who could be capturing this Mm. drones yeah but they wouldn't know where to look the world is the world is a wide place like they're like I'm a buy a drone, you guys. I'm are, a prove you wrong. There are there are like you know, like if you think about how much money like people with money there are in the world yeah. right now, like there there are like some people in Saudi Arabia who are so so rich. Mm-hmm. Like a friend of mine was just telling me she's she's in fashion and she got invited to some chic sheik's uh party, then they're like flying everybody out business to an undisclosed undisclosed location and it, like there's, they're all signing an non-disclosure agreement, and it's going to be an insane party. Stop pointing at him, like you prove something. NDAs don't always work, baby. That's true. They don't. They don't always work. But that's like this kind of thing. Yeah. Guaranteed, anybody who's going to be invited to this party is not going to 
not going to say anything because they want to come back and mm-hmm. it's like they're not it's it's not going to be worth it to them to fall out of favor stop celebrating Maybe these are all theories <laughs> yeah i know i feel ganged up on we're <laughs> having good times what can we say i do want to talk real quick about the clothes okay let's do it how'd it feel heavy really not breathable not breathable not breathable actually the clothes were amazing and they were really amazing when you caught a look at yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. because then it was really like it was really helpful in formulating a character because yeah. you, you walk a certain way in heels for example and uh, the clothing was actually pretty structural yeah. so you know you had to like more so for the girls it was like corsets and stuff that, that changed the way they breathed but um, yeah, it helped me kind of stand up straighter and the sort of the aristocratic air and ruffles and, and fuffles and stuff. And especially ruffles and fuffles. Ruffles and fuffles. <laughs> and uh, especially for my character, he was a bit of a show pony. And so uh, it was sort of the kind of thing where you never wanted to get anything on your nice clothes. So this sort of the way that you, you know, just changes your changes your way of dealing with your environment where you're sort of like, you know, don't get anything dirty on you. So and they, you know, it, was, it, was, it was fun. Uh, but it was definitely warm. It was definitely warm. Yeah, okay. I, and we, we had layers and layers of traditional sort of costuming. And at, even at one point, I asked the costume lady if it was really necessary to have, like, this extra waistcoat on under the, under this extra doublet. You know, the, I don't even know the correct terminology. But basically, there was a layer that was never going to be seen by camera. And uh-huh. I was like, do you really need it? And she gave me a look of such, I don't know, like, it frightened me. It frightened me on a cultural level. Oh, my gosh. I was gosh. like, I... N- I moved to strike the question from the record. Let's just, <laughs> let's pretend that never, let's rewind time. Uh, I would never even, I would never ask that. So if you thought I was asking that question, I <laughs> believe me, you're, you're a mistake. You're and imagining I'm it. I'm looking forward to wearing all these layers, man. Yes. <laughs> more yeah. layers, please, more, next more time. More layers, please. Yeah. So, but it was, it was really, really cool. They spent a lot of money on the costumes and I know it was a French and Canadian co-production and I know the show of, of, of this kind of, uh, magnitude would never have been impossible if it was just Canada so yeah. the, the fact that we shot it in France they t- really took their sort of cultural p- pride as part of it they really really went for it and wouldn't cut corners and and uh, I think the show really benefited the aesthetic of the show really benefited because of that you can really see the the b- both the money and also the pride that went into the show that's very cool yeah. did you shoot at Versailles we did yeah we shot there once shoot. one we shot there one day a week because it was only closed to the public one day a week that's wild and we, we had the inti- we had the entire place wow and uh, like it was completely empty and uh, over time once the show kind of got popular people would line up sort of to kind of try to see the action and you know we would go and sign autographs and stuff and do that but by and large we had the entire place to ourselves, and so what was really cool was just getting to wander around the palace wearing the appropriate yeah. period costume yeah. and also seeing up on the walls the the characters we were playing right like literally the characters looking down on us oh and it was that's like a so little, spooky little spooky and there's one time when i w- we were there late at night and uh, we had been given sort of like a private tour by the guy who was like hold like literally holds the keys to versailles on his belt he's got these big old keys and uh, he led us into some areas that are not even open to the public ever, oh, uh, like wow. in the inner inner chambers of the king's bedrooms and stuff, and like in like t- crazy so li- crazy little toilet like chamber, and and uh, I kind of got quote lost from the group uh, on purpose, <laughs> and uh, and I just sort of like I got, I just wandered around there and oh my like God. did you go to the bathroom and the toilet? No, I didn't. Oh my God. <laughs> no, can you imagine? That would be like a state of national emergency. <laughs> I would be beheaded. <laughs> uh, but it was really, it was really 
really cool and I felt really uh, like it was a really rare really rare that's amazing yeah it also yeah. gave me a lot of uh, I felt the weight of the wanting to tell the story in a in a measured way and yeah. in, in, in kind of illuminate the story as best as I possibly could wow because it's you know it meant a lot to a lot of people and it really helps kind of lay the groundwork for the way the world is today I mentioned it before like with branding and and sort of uh, the propaganda and also the arts. You know, Louis the Fourteenth was responsible for ballet. Yeah, he was responsible for. Oh really? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's like kind of all all came together under his huh. tutelage, as it were. <laughs> tutelage. Yeah, <laughs> use tutelage. that. In a, use that in a sentence. I don't even know what that means. Tutelage. You did it so confidently. I, know, I, I wasn't know. about to cross I it. Had to ca- I had to call myself <laughs> out on it. I tutelage. I think it's like he tutored them. Like he taught them. I and believe that. that. Yeah. But you kind of mentioned that it was your character and his brother that brought a lot of the arts and the... Well, you know, um, this is a little, a little bit of my contention, and it's, it's a little bit the, the way we skewed it in the show as well, is that, you know, the king had his hands full with a whole lot of stuff, and even though he took his, took his credit for everything, if you look actually at the reality, the king himself, while he loved to dance, he wasn't necessarily... Uh, he himself was not like a beautiful fashionable person he mm-hmm. sort of like created that persona whereas his brother very much was oh, okay his brother was the one who was like sort of like was the was the cross-dresser and was like kind of had he ran in all of these artistic circles and was the benefactor of a whole bunch of of uh, of different types of art so if i had to hazard a guess i would say that maybe some of that was kind of misappropriated and and the king kind of took the took the credit but I mean, there's no way for me to prove that. But no, it's just kind of, of human not. nature, you know. If he didn't want to be outshined by his brother, and so that would be one way to definitely take his brother out of the knees is to just say, "Oh yeah, I did that." Which I still think it's crazy that his mom, in order to knock his spirit down, dressed him in a dress. Totally, and, and ended up creating a huge liability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess if she hadn't, maybe he would have challenged for the throne, and that would have been just a total mess. So, but he, you know, the fact is, he was a his brother. Victor Leon was a was a war hero, like a, like was popular with the army and the military and and popular in court as well. And actually had a he would have a chance if he tried to try to sue for the throne. He would have a shot at it because yeah. he was very popular. And at the end of the day, all that all the laws and stuff all comes down to who's popular enough. You know, if you, oh, if, you have, if you have enough support, you can just sort of change the rules. I mean, the, the American does government goes. The American government does it all the time around the world. <laughs> you know, they just they just oh, sort of yeah. change the rules. They're like, oh well, Whoops. not yeah, oh not, that. Not, <laughs> no, we don't like this regime. How about uh, yeah? Yeah. Did I just get too political? Oh, no, no, no. no, no, no. I wanted to ask about America. <laughs> um, a lot in a lot of historical royal dramas, they show the use of like psychics and seers. Mm-hmm. And do, was that actually something they did in? Totally. It was. Totally. I'm, I, yeah, I, I think kings, like you go, even in biblical times, you know, mm-hmm. King Solomon had like, you know, people come and talk to him about dreams and stuff. And that was a very valid way that they would sort of divine the nature of what they wanted to do with their kingdoms and stuff. And so I think following along with that, King Louis definitely did that. And there was also, uh, it's so, kind of something that if you picture all of these really bored, really rich comfortable nobles you know uh, if if they're not going to be drinking themselves 
stupid <laughs> or if they're not going to be shagging each other right. <laughs> with some other, you know, <laughs> some other way, then uh, what else are they going to do? And so they gambled and they were, they, there's lots of sort of, uh, so like a day in the life stuff yeah. is they would like just wake up, gamble, drink, yeah, have sex. Basically. Yeah. Meet in some back row, back room where they could, uh, hash out some clandestine political oh, yeah, scheme, murder, plans. murder, murder plots. Uh, this is yeah. really different than uh, Queen Lizzie's schedule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or <Yeah>. is it? <laughs> What's funny is the... Uh, I don't think they were getting woken up by bagpipes. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they were. The <laughs> king really, really segmented the day. Like the actual order of events of the day was really structured by the king. Hmm. And he, he did that with kind of his, his own self, his own body as the example. So... He would, you know, at a certain crack of dawn, he would then you know, the royal waker-upper would come and royally <laughs> wake him up, and <laughs> they would his uh, his clothing ceremony was a whole political thing. Like, oh. it, like he would be have an audience, and people would it would be there. What they would be invited by the king to be his official royal, you know, he one person would be be their job to do up the cuff. And they'd be on the cuff, and it would be like it wouldn't be some servant; it'd be some royal who would be like clawing tooth and nail above his competitors to have the privilege to do the king do up the king's cuff. And they would sort of like he would kind of stand there like a statue, and they would clothe him, and then people would politely applaud because it was all you know it was all just it was like a dance, crazy dance, it's like the original ballet pageantry. <laughs> but at the same time, they didn't realize that in their clawing over each other to try to have the privilege, mm -hmm. they were also totally wrapped on just clothing this dude yeah and he was just a dude right but it was like it was a total disgrace if you got you know if you got moved from the from the cuff you got removed you know you, you was a disgrace or it'd be a huge social uh, uh, lift if yeah. you were if you were invited to come and be the official buttoner of the king's buttons or something you know something whatever my goodness it's insane it's actually like it's, it's, it reminds me of like a like a dog show a little bit you know when you <laughs> see it and they're like like oh well very very nice gait on that dog like, well, like oh, however the whiskers are a or whatever it's just mm -hmm. see, it's it's like people so I I focused mm -hmm. on these little details that don't mean anything to the rest of the world but there they meant in that something. moment like it, their was world. it was their world and it was it wow. was actually like it, it seemed like it wasn't important, but for those people, it really was important. It could be the difference between them being able to uh, build buildings on their land or not. Wow. Or have the, you know, have a life. Oh, like he would give them favor if yeah. they were. And favor from the king was currency. Right. Wow. And it, was, it wasn't just symbolic currency. It was literal currency. Like oh, like on their like tab. Yeah. Yeah, like it would like it would be that you know if somebody could get uh, get a, a royal title, for example, they could become real good friends with the king, and the king oh, was okay. like, now you're the Duke of so-and-so. Then wham that's your whole family sorted for generations wow i i have one other question about versailles sure. there were a lot of murders <laughs> a lot of traumatizing deaths mm -hmm. is it haunted interesting <sighs> i mean there are many people say who would say that it is for sure did um, you have any weird experiences hmm. were there like was there a previous king not happy about how they were portrayed uh, and scaring the shit out of some <laughs> actors. That's I, what I want to know. Was, I, I was never personally accosted by a ghost. Um, <laughs> That's the title me, of your bio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was never personally accosted by a ghost. The Evan Williams story. Uh, but um, it was definitely spooky 
like I mentioned before, kind of being in the castle at night and dressed up and like it just, it was also just my own imagination. It really sort of blurred the edges of, of sort of like, to me it felt like time was a little bit blurring. Like I, I was there and, mm. and when, you, when there was nobody else around, it was easy for, for the, the overactive imagination to sort of go crazy. And, and it's also really weird. Every single time I looked out of the windows of Versailles, looking out over the courtyard, Mm-hmm. There's like this sort of black and white checkered courtyard, and then a bunch of brick, uh, an expanse, and then a golden fence, and then I'm out, so out terrified there, of where this is going. Is like a, it's like a parking lot and a big statue of Louis XIV on a horse, and then a boulevard. And I just could not help picturing coming storming down that boulevard, just pitchforks and flames, and just like picturing like what it must have looked like yeah. when oh, yeah. you know Louis XVI got sacked, and because mm-hmm. they they stormed the gates. And they came over the wall, and they came, and they like, they sacked the place. It's and crazy. They, like, they they dragged Mary Antoinette out, and they cut her head off. Like it, it's crazy. And like you know, some say that they deserved it. And if you look at the socioeconomics of the time, yeah, they were like totally not fair to the rest of the country, and so they probably had it coming. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, from where we were standing, like these were we were, we were kind of intimately involved in the lives of these people yeah and so it must have been just harrowing like knowing like feeling this political unrest like feeling the, the screw tighten and then all of a sudden an angry mob here they are yeah like what are you gonna do i mean being able to balance that it's yeah. almost like a sickness of like in one side you're thinking of yourself as this like royal mm-hmm. powerful person but at the same time i mean i sometimes think that this is what trump is going through every day where <laughs> he thinks of himself as this like amazing leader but we also know that he has this internal side that's like a small child who is helpless and can't figure his life out you know and knows everyone hates him totally. and has to deal with that contrast totally i think that's why he's like doesn't want to hear bad news from his totally staff. It's totally, cr- it has to be it. so overwhelming internally. I I mean, I have no pity for this man, but it almost yeah. makes me have pity for him. No, but I was kind of wondering as you were talking, because a few weeks ago we talked about how if Brexit happened, yeah. they had an escape plan for the royal family. Mm-hmm. Do you think... Do you think the British royal family would ever be in danger, or are we have we moved past those times? Uh, I feel like if if somebody dropped a bomb on Buckingham Palace, they would be in danger. Well, I mean, yeah. like, like, yeah, like in that kind of danger. Yeah, I don't I, I, I to be honest, I don't know. I don't know what their actual security is like. And if they were in danger, it wouldn't be they wouldn't be in danger of somebody storming the gates with a gun. They'd yeah. be in danger of like somebody on the inside. Oh, and it, interesting. And it, it being like, you know, like somebody else in like a huge position of power who has some sort of access to them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like the, just the same way as it would have happened in the court then. Time. I mean, yeah. You would you to get to King Louis, you wouldn't cut, try to fight fight your way through his his army. You would find somebody who's close to him and line their wallet and do it that way. People are people. <laughs> keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. That right. little saying came right. from Louis. That's right. Yeah, keep an keep an eye on them. Yeesh. Cool. I've, I feel like we learned a lot about I Versailles. I feel like I learned more than I ever thought I would know about Versailles. That was insane. Amazing. Thank yeah, you, crazy. Evan, for Thanks so much for being here. My pleasure, guys. Is, Thanks for uh, having me. What's next for you as a person? 
Well, I uh, I make music as well. I've been making music my whole yes. life. So uh, I am in the process of finalizing my latest track from the EP called The Bright World EP. And the name of my music project is Bright World. It's uh-huh. on Spotify and everything. And uh, so check it out. And uh, <laughs> so the new one's going to be coming out shortly. And I'm also shooting a music video for a different track. And I shot a short film um, starring one of the other actresses from Versailles when I was in Paris. Uh, in oh, some cool. of my downtime, I, cool. I shot a shot a short film, so I'm editing that, and I'll be looking forward to putting that out later this year. So, That's how can great. people find you? Uh, I'm mostly on Instagram, which is at Evan M Williams. Great. And uh, Twitter, Evan underscore M underscore Williams. But <laughs> I like I like Instagram because I like to take pictures and stuff, and I have like some landscape photography. Check me out. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll put him in our link. Yeah, we will. Right on. Cool. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Please remember to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a review. Because reviews help people find our show. (laughs) They sure do. And if you have a question or something that you would like us to talk more about, go ahead and email us at theroyaltypod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at theroyaltypodcast. But until next week, stay stay royal. royal.